This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, and joining me here in the studio today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vasser, principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, and our friend, Mickey Emsch, who is... Ensemble Sales and Operations Manager for the Toledo Symphony. Welcome, everyone, and welcome to you, Mickey. Thanks for stopping by. I have a little fanfare for you. See, they get shorter as time goes on with, with, with every time that you come back and visit yeah, th- us. There was no popping champagne. There was no, oh, no. cheering. Yeah. Yep. We'll save that Actually, for next year. Actually, there was very little music, in fact. <laughs> And that's just the way we like it. So as as Brad <laughs> asks you to tell your story, you can be similarly concise. Uh, yes, yeah. I am a person. Except I I'm, don't have a story this time because we've already run through as many stories as we mm-hmm. can about mm-hmm. Mickey. Well, you can write anything on your little paper. I, indeed. <laughs> In fact, I could I could have the Mickey story generated by OpenAI, the mm-hmm. new chat GPT that's mm-hmm. been in the the news a lot lately, mm-hmm. and we have decided that we're going to make use of that for a special Valentine's Day edition of Symphony Lab. We're going to do a fun little radio play a little bit later in the program, but first, we have a quiz, and we also have a lot of stuff going on that we're going to talk about. It is our Valentine's Day special here at Toledo Symphony Lab. Now, it's been like years since we did a standalone real Valentine's Day program. Maybe a year. I mean... Yeah. It happens once a year. At least. I, well, I mean, we usually have a concert or some subject that we're talking about, mm-hmm. and, and we have a quiz that's related mm-hmm. to Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. But we haven't had a, a standalone Valentine's Day special mm-hmm. in a few years. Then yeah. why do you keep bringing us chocolates? <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different uh, podcast right there. So let's begin by maybe going around the table and talking about our favorite stories, your favorite love stories. Now, this can just be the title. You know, we, we you can paraphrase it if you want, or you can tell us why it appeals to you, that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to start with you, Merwin, because you're pointing over at Zach. So why don't you go ahead? <laughs> I'm drawing a huge blank because I'm actually, I'm not sure I'm understanding the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Zach. Uh, do you, are you actually, are you looking for a personal story from art? Oh, or? just any story, any love story that you oh. can tell. I'll, why don't I go first, okay? There's a piece of music that I call, or, or that I play on the radio uh, by the great pianist uh, Marc-Andre Hamelin. Right, and he wrote it for his um, fiance at the time, but now his wife, Kathy. Um, I can't remember her last name now. Kathy something or other, and she's at uh, the radio station in uh, Boston. So he wrote this thing. It's called Kathy's Variations, and it's just a beautiful piece for the piano. And I'm thinking, you know, stories of great composers throughout history who have written love songs, as it were, for their paramour at the time. You think of, uh, well, I don't want to say it, but I will say it. You think of Mahler, right, and Alma Mahler and the inspiration behind some of his music. You think of the uh, Schumanns and their Mm -hmm. relationship. There are lots of relationships from classical music and lots of pieces that were written directly as sort of a valentine to uh, their significant other. So that and those would be my favorite stories. I did remember her name finally, Kathy Fuller. 
and mm-hmm. and I didn't look at anything, but that's I'm going with that. <laughs> so that that is my entry into the sweepstakes, so to speak. Zach, you want to tell us anything? I think the books I read are really dark, and if they aren't <laughs> dark, then they're children's books. So I think the closest I've gotten to um, uh, romance is probably in the Harry Potter books right now with my daughter. Really? Yeah, uh, the, the the last uh, book of of any relationship I think I read was Rebecca, <laughs> which is not a very <laughs> positive uh, love it's also story. A movie, right? It's a great movie. It's yeah. a Hitchcock actually, but yeah. the, the book is outstanding too. Uh, and other than that, you know, Stephen King and that sort of thing. So um, wow. I, I, I don't know that I'm in the, no, I also read Dracula, another great love <laughs> story. That is um, kind of dark, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe this is just not a, a great time for me in romance novels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to explore that further, but we're going to move on. <laughs> Mickey, what's a, what's a favorite story for you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, I'm not terribly sappy with uh, romantic media, but I think my go-to is, has been The Birdcage. I rewatch <laughs> very often. I think it's it's just one of the sweetest uh, stories, and and obviously Le Cache Full, um, but just Nathan Lane and Robin Williams' chemistry on screen, and yeah, just it's outstanding. The the like, yeah, f- starting a love story with a grown child and the mundane day to day is like, it's just so beautiful and they're so beautifully flawed. I love them. Yeah. And it's really a coincidence, but I was watching a little bit of the bird cage this morning on YouTube actually today. And, Mm -hmm. um, I I was watching a video about mistakes that people made in movies Mm -hmm. and how they recovered from it. And there's a scene where Robin (laughs) Williams like falls on the floor (laughs) (laughs) Blank the shrimp. Yeah, that was an accident. Uh, (laughs) Folks can find that on YouTube if they want to search up the birdcage film mistakes, Robin Williams. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, any special plans. Now, the three of you are all married. Uh, Two of you have got little kids at home. I mean, do you have like any kind of Valentine's Day traditions or perhaps plans for this year. Merwin, you're not getting off on this one. You you have to answer. So we're going to turn it over to you. It's a tricky... Actually, I have a little music for Ooh. you. Let me pull that up. He has music for this, but not for you, Mickey. <laughs> okay. No, I have music for all three of you. Okay. It, it's a tricky time of year, so we generally tend to kind of relocate the, the celebration either a week before or a week after. We're almost always working. Um, so I actually have a rehearsal Valentine's Day evening. Um, we usually combine that with my birthday, which is a couple of days later. And so, oh. so we kind of, you know, just combine a cele- celebration. It's always been, you know, it's always been restaurant centered, but since the pandemic, we've kind of made right. that a little bit more of a family right. thing. Um, well, that's interesting. So Valentine's Day is next Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so when is your birthday? The 16th of February. Wow, so this is kind of a birthday celebration as well. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, though. Uh, Zach, you want to go ahead? With a... I, I want to pick oh, back up. Hang on a i got oh, love sorry. music for you. Let me pull it up. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's kind of wow. jazzy. I figured this was more along the lines of... Yeah, you nailed Zach's this. Decided. That's great. Um, so, on the topic of birthdays, my youngest daughter has her half birthday on valentine's day and when because she's uh, august 14th and she discovered this uh 
I don't know, we, we told her this two years ago, and now Valentine's Day is her second favorite day in the year, followed by, or preceded by her birthday and followed by Christmas. And uh, so we're, we're inevitably going to be having a lot of chocolates and some sort of gift for a half birthday, which I don't really put a lot of stock in this, but she's trying to make a little cottage industry out of it. Hey, you yeah. know, half birthdays are a big deal when you're really, really young. Yeah. Right? At even a month or a day. Yeah. I mean, every day only comes once a year, so. That's true. That's, uh, that's truer true. words have never been spoken. <laughs> At um, least in this room. <laughs> what is your half birthday? My half birthday, well, I was born on June 20th, so I, you know, I don't have my slide rule with me to do the math, but probably December 20th, mm-hmm. right, right before Got the that. equinox, yeah. right, before the December equinox. So, so you're born right before the uh, the summer solstice. Yeah, 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 indeed. Sometimes I get like the the triple crown on my birthday if it falls on a Sunday. I get Father's Day, and I also get my birthday and the first day of summer sometimes so that has happened a couple of times in the past yeah so it's a nice nice little tie-in there very good all right mickey your turn i've got music for you here we go well for valentine's day my husband and i will be watching the chiefs in the super bowl a couple of days before and that's our real main interest hang on a second <laughs> you're that might be the best Bowl? use of the buzzer I've ever heard. <laughs> you're a, you're a, and you've heard a lot of buzzers. Yeah, seriously. Uh, um, you guys are football fans, I take it. Yes. So you're going to be paying attention on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, because the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, and that is very significant in our household. Okay, can you explain that? Let me pull up the music again. Here we go. Wow, this All is right. not Kansas City Chiefs music. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, never heard football to this soundtrack before. It's lovely, yeah. though, because many many football folks receive uh, ballet training, so, you know. So tell us about why you're a football fan and why the Kansas City Chiefs are an I important am, part of your life. I am from there, um, and I... My, are, are we talking Missouri or yes. Kansas? Okay. Uh, so it sits on state line. Right. So my grandmother was in the Kansas side, but that's mo- most folks are in Missouri side. Do, do you not talk about her then? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we nice. just we we have to be careful driving in that county because folks get crazy. Um, yeah. No, we. Um, m- are both casual enough football fans that we grew up near it love it, it the house feels fuller on a sunday when there's like something slow cooking and football sounds near mm-hmm. you um and yeah we watch as that much as we can great football sounds Yay! football sounds yes. yeah. i don't have any football sounds unfortunately that's okay i have but... some at home <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we we typically I used to work a lot of Valentine's days at, at the florist, um, but no, we just enjoy the experience of it for any kind of yeah. romantic holiday. Can I piggyback on that? Yeah. Um, how much do florists take advantage of us on Valentine's Day? So I have aggressive feelings towards that question because everybody gets very upset. the The price themselves will change uh, just in the materials. So roses are going to cost more when they're coming up to florists mm-hmm. um, in that season. But it's kind of like weddings where people are like, "Oh, you know, they hike up the price for weddings." But realistically, the labor cost and the the way that your order skips to the front for something as important as a wedding, it it should have more value. Um, But yeah, no, I enjoy 
we used to call it buy your florist a margarita day at the shops because <laughs> it was exhausting and then you'd go home. It was very fun. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we are a, an all-encompassing podcast talking about <laughs> florists. And we've had a lot of different subjects on the, on the program in the past uh, aside from classical music, but that's what we do. Um, it's really interesting, the little backstory behind what florists do on Valentine's Day. I'm thinking of like the card manufacturers and the chocolate makers and what have you. I mean, it's a bonanza for all of those folks. Well, and if you think about the the amount of orders going out for a lot of smaller groups, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot to juggle and a lot to make sure that everyone is treated with the, the specific care that each order requires. So that's did, another thing about Flora. <laughs> did, you, did you have to like hire out temp servers oh, yeah. to go around and yeah, deliver we worked, stuff? One of the places I worked at, Billy Herman's, had four locations and there was a whole crew of temps for the holidays, um, for that and Mother's Day, that um, you field a lot of calls. And yeah. yeah so well, while you've thing. got your uh, florist hat on, let me <laughs> ask you a question. What's your favorite flower? Oh, gosh. What's in season? Um, <sighs> usually, I love irises. I love ro- I, I didn't used to love roses, but I love roses. Um, what color? <sighs> depends on the arrangement. Uh but red is you can't go wrong with red. If you're if someone is hearing this and is thinking, oh, I forgot to buy flowers, go to a local shop. Um, don't go at the one eight hundred flowers because that's going to send the same order to the local florists, but they'll have less money to work with. So yeah. just call them directly. A good little PSA yeah. from Mickey Emsher, resident <laughs> resident florist here yeah. on Toledo Symphony Lab. You guys yeah. have any questions? Any floral questions? <laughs> Before we move on to our quiz, if if you want to delay the quiz, now's your I chance. I don't think I've ever said this, but let's go to the quiz. Yes, please. <laughs> let's go to the quiz. We have a very special quiz for you today. Okay. This quiz is in the style of Jeopardy, right? So it's a little different than what we've done in the past. I'm going to go around the room in order. I choose one person. Then I give you a bunch of different categories, and that person chooses a category. I ask a question. If they know it, they say it. If they don't know it, they buzz out. It's 30 seconds that they have to answer the question before it expires. If they cannot answer the question, then I turn it over to the crowd, and I give you three choices. That's where the multiple choice comes in. And whoever can answer the question first of everybody, that includes uh, whoever the first person was, you know, who controls the board, as it were. Um, And if you're able to get it right, then you get to choose the next category and the next question will be asked of you. I know it sounds complicated, but we talked about this before we got on the air. So everybody clear on how this works? You wouldn't believe the fabulous prizes that he's making available, too. Sports <laughs> yes. cars, lottery tickets. Flowers, <laughs> roses, red roses, and irises. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so let's go to the uh, categories they are. Love in literature, love in mythology, love in pop culture, love in history, love in psychology, and general love trivia. So that's Six different categories, all of them having to do, of course, with love being this is our Valentine's Day uh, broadcast. So I'm going to start with you, Zach. We'll go around the room. So you're the first person up. Here is, uh, well, you have to pick a category first. What do you choose? Let's do uh, love and pop culture, please. 
Love and pop culture. The very first question in the love and pop culture category is, who wrote the famous love song, My Heart Will Go On? Well, Celine Dion made it famous. Uh, who wrote it? You got 30 seconds to answer. I'm going to guess David Foster. <laughs> Nope, not David Foster. Okay, now it opens up to everybody. The question again is, who wrote the famous love song, My Heart Will Go On? The possible answers are Celine Dion, James Horner, or Dolly Parton. James Horner. Mm-hmm. James Horner was the composer Yay! of that song. Merwin, you control the board. What category do you want? I'll jump to mythology, please. <laughs> love and mythology. Who is the Roman goddess of love and beauty? Roman Venus. Yay! You got that the Roman goddess could trip some people up because they're thinking perhaps of the Greek goddess, which would be Aphrodite. But Venus is the correct answer. You still control the board, Merwin. What uh, category would you like? Let's go to uh, history. Love in history. Who was the famous historical figure known for his unrequited love for Helen of Troy? Paris. Well, that was fast. Yes. <laughs> Indeed, it was Paris. Your choices would have been Achilles, Paris, or Hector. But Paris is the correct answer. Merwin, pick a category. I am t- desperately trying to avoid pop culture at every moment, <laughs> so I'm going to try literature. <laughs> Love in Literature. This novel by Jane Austen tells the story of the romantic entanglement between Elizabeth Bennet and Mr. Darcy. Oh, so these are like... So there's one Seven Deadly Sin and one Venial one, so we'll go with Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice? Is is that your final answer? Sure. That's correct. Aren't we mixing up intellectual properties here? (laughs) (laughs) Pride and Prejudice, indeed. Uh, Merwin, you're running the board. What's your next category? Um, I'll go back to mythology. Okay, love and mythology. I've only got three questions for each category, so this is question number two. Who is the Hindu god of love and passion? The Hindu god of love and passion. Vishnu? No, that's close, but not correct. I'm going to give everybody the multiple choice. Okay, the Hindu god of love and passion. Is it Vishnu? Well, we know that's not it. Is it Krishna or is it Shiva? A, B, or C? A. (laughs) What do you say, Mickey? B. B uh, would be Krishna. That is... Correct. Yes. You got one. (laughs) (laughs) So you control the board, Mickey. Who would you choose? Oh, geez. Um, May I please have psychology? Love in psychology. What is the psychological term for an intense emotional attachment or attachment to someone typically experienced by young people? What is that term for that? It's kind of difficult. Mm -hmm. Are we thinking of, like, infatuation or puppy love? What... Wow, you said the answer. Oh, good. Was it or? <laughs> it, was it was iron or. <laughs> it was infatuation was the correct answer. Okay, Mickey, what's your next category? Well, um, let's just keep going in psychology. Okay, what is the psychological term for the scientific study of love, romantic relationships, and attachment? 
the psychological term for the scientific study of love and relationships. Oh, I regret choosing this category. <laughs> so I'd, Latin roots wouldn't be right. Uh, amorology or something. No. Nope. No, that's not correct. I'm going to open it up to the crowd. Is it loveology? Is it romanceology? Or is it attachment theory? A, B, or C? Attachment theory. Yes, indeed, it is. Yay! Attachment theory. I saw Zach try to raise Mickey, his hand. you got I'm it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You're still running the board, Mickey. What do you choose? Pop culture, please. Pop culture. Okay, love and pop culture. Who wrote the famous love song, Endless Love? I was really hoping for a Britney Justin Timberlake question, Brad. Um, I do have one on here. <laughs> Jeans at the Oscars, please no. Um, I don't know. Okay, opening it up to the crowd here. Who wrote the famous song "Endless Love"? Was it Diana Ross? Was it Stevie Wonder? Or was it Lionel Richie? Lionel a, Richie. B, or C? Merwin, you got that. Excellent job. Yay! Lionel Richie. Merwin is still in the lead, and you've got control of the board. You rustled it out of Mickey's hands. What do you choose, <laughs> Merwin? Well, go with um, general trivia. General love trivia. What is the traditional gift for a first wedding anniversary? I'm going to say paper. Yay! You got it. Airplanes? <laughs> <laughs> paper airplanes. Throw them at <laughs> Okay, what's your next category, Merwin? Okay, well, Finnish mythology. Okay, Finnish mythology. Is it the Finnish? Not actually (laughs) from Finland. (laughs) Not from Finland. This is from Egypt, actually. Who is the Egyptian god of love and fertility? Egyptian god of love or fertility? Love and fertility. My biggest problem is having to vamp for 30 seconds while I don't know what the answer is because I don't want dead air on the radio. Uh, Yeah, the answer is one of these three. I'm going to open it up to everybody, okay? So, uh, love and mythology. Who is the Egyptian god of love and fertility? Is it Anubis, is it Horus, or is it Osiris? A, B, or C? Osiris. You got that, Marlon. All right, you're still in control, Marwan. What category do you pick? I dip a tentative toe into literature again. Mm. Okay, love and literature. This epic poem by Virgil tells the story of the Trojan prince Aeneas and his journey to found Rome, <laughs> including his love affair with Dido, the queen of Carthage. <laughs> this real that really set up as a Jeopardy style question. So, yeah. uh, but I'm not going to answer it that way. So, the Aeneid. The Aeneid. Yeah. Wow, you know your Greek literature. That was correct, Merwin. You're still in control of the board. I'll go back to general trivia. General love trivia. What is the scientific term used to describe a love triangle? <laughs> Wow. Trying to trip you up here. <laughs> you did. Scientific term for a love triangle. I'm talking about, like, not the instrument in the orchestra, right? <laughs> Sadly, I don't have a lot of personal experience with love triangles, so... Uh, Sadly? <laughs> <laughs> Hope your wife's not listening. Well, sadly for my ability to answer this question. <laughs> we'll throw it open. 
Okay, we're throwing it open for everybody. The question is, what is a scientific term used to describe a love triangle? Is it ternary relationship, triad, or polyamorous relationship? A, B, The last one seems too general. Yeah. Yeah, Can I buzz in and say triad? Yeah, there's your buzz That's right there. Buzz. I'm going to buzz incorrect. and say polyamory because is it not just yeah. for three? That's wrong. Okay, what do you say? Nothing. <laughs> there's no. Merwin, do you have well, an I answer? I guess I'll try with the ternary relationship one. Yay! Yes. That was not a resounding victory. There. That was very confusing. <laughs> that, was a, that was a real stumble. <laughs> victory by answer. default. You stumbled into victory. I like that. Yes. It's kind of a football thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, Merwin, you're still in control of the board. What do you say? I guess psychology. I think we have one more there. Mm-hmm. Uh, psychology, yes. What is the name of the hormone that is released in the brain during physical contact, such as hugging, which promotes feelings of love, trust, and bonding? What is the name of that hormone? Dopamine? It was a good guess, but not quite right. So I'm going to give you a choice here. Serotonin, oxytocin. Oh, you're buzzing? It's it's serotonin. No, it's not serotonin. Then never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I was testing you. Never mind. I wanted Zach to answer this. Where's Emily Latella when you need her? Okay, (laughs) is it serotonin, oxytocin, or dopamine? A, B, I'm going to say it's oxytocin. Oxytocin, you are correct. Yeah. All right. Now, if you if you can run the board, Zach, you might have a chance of winning. Let's see so. here. Uh, I'll take uh, general love trivia for 400. Okay, general love trivia for 400 smackaroos. In which country <laughs> did the tradition of exchanging love letters on Valentine's Day originate? What country did the Valentine's Day letter originate? We're starting to do funny dances whenever this music <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's, true. it's a very good song. Ah, what a fascinating question. I wish I knew the answer. Um, well, take a guess. What country did it originate in? Let's go for France. I'm sorry, that's wrong. So we open it up to everybody. Your choices are France, Italy, or England. And since but France was Italy. Italy. I'll try Italy. Yay! All right, Merlin. You stole the board away from Zach. Okay, you're up. Europe? Is that a category? <laughs> <laughs> Love in Europe. Okay. Uh, are, is there still one left in history? Um, let me see. Oh, yeah, there are yep, two left two. in history. Okay, I will take the history. Okay, this one is kind of hard. Who was the famous British naval officer and explorer who was known for his love affair with a Tahitian princess? James Cook? James Cook is correct. Oh my gosh, everybody is like, you know, glassy-eyed. Did you guys think of that when when he was saying it? Oh, I sure didn't. No, not a clue. (laughs) How about you, Zach? No. No. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I I stopped stopped paying attention when he said it was a hard question. (laughs) Okay, Merwin. I started doodling Mickey Mouse on my paper here. You're still in control, Merwin. I... I'll, I guess we'll finish the history category. Okay, this famous medieval couple's love was so strong that it became the inspiration for the legend of Tristan and Isolde. Was it... Oh, I'm not going to give you the possible answers. <laughs> so who was the inspiration behind Tristan and Isolde? 
it's not Brittany and Justin. <laughs> <laughs> they may have been inspired by Tristan and Isolde. It's true. <laughs> that got Merwin. Oh, no. <laughs> you got I'm 30 seconds. Uh, no, take no, your time. No, 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 no. We can pass this over to Mickey. She deserves that. <laughs> no, no. no I, I don't actually. Try and answer. I don't know. You don't know? I might be able to pick it out of a... It's Ben and Jen. Mm. Okay. Ben and Jen. It's not Ben and Jen. <laughs> it's not Brangelina. It's not any of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Is it Guinevere and Lancelot? Is it King Henry II and Queen Eleanor of Aquitaine? Or is it Queen Isabella of France and King Edward II of England? Huh. A, B, or C? None of those felt right. This is up for everybody can answer. Hmm. Not... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go I'm with C. There's, there's no penalty. You go with C. Yeah, that's wrong. Anybody else? Wanna, I'm gonna go, go with, with B. B. Yes. Yeah. That is a. Zach got that one. A double win there. No, Zach. I think. I think we both said it at the same time. So I think so. But you should control yeah. the board. King Henry II and Queen Eleanor of Aquitaine. They were the inspiration for Tristan and Isolde. So was 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 he a tenor? <laughs> yeah, not for the necessarily for the opera, but for the the story, <laughs> right? For the first novel about them. Anyway, so who's in control? Uh, Zach, why don't yeah. you choose the next category? Uh, pop culture to close that out for seven hundred, Alex. Okay, pop culture. This famous couple's steamy romance and eventual breakup yes. captivated fans and dominated headlines <laughs> for years. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Brittany and Justin, just Yay! to see the Which kind of Justin? <laughs> yeah. Just in case, of course. Yes. <laughs> just in case. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and then we'll thank you. Wow, I actually, I've never heard that before. Yeah, you got right. You got it right. Um, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. Okay, the other choices were Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, or also, Beyonce also and Jay Z. Also true. Yeah. Um, let's go for love and literature, Alex. Love and Literature, the final question in this category is, this novel by Emily Bronte tells the sad story of intense and unrequited love on the Yorkshire Moors. Got an answer, Zach? You're nodding yes, but you haven't said anything. <laughs> Are you waiting till the end of the music? <laughs> this is a really hard charade, Zach. I don't know why you're trying to do it this way. Weathering Heights. Yes, Weathering Heights. Great Zach job. Was, he, 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 he nailed the weathering part, but the heights was really hard for him. <laughs> I, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with this book, and of course I couldn't remember the title of it. <laughs> well, I think so, that wraps it up, right? No, hold on. We sell potent potables, don't we? Uh, no, no Did potent potables. Did we do potables. general? That's after yeah, the podcast. General, yeah, we did general trivia. So, I thought that was love trivia about generals, by the way. <laughs> it was uh, false so, advertising. So uh, Zach has one, two, three, four. Zach got four. And Mickey had one. Uh, I believe I had two. Two. <laughs> three, four. Why? I've got three, four. Okay. I've Don't got, sound so surprised. I've got you tied with Zach. Yes. And uh, for Merwin, well, let's see if how Merwin did. One, I stopped two, counting three, at nine for Merwin. Four, five, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, 
10, 11. <laughs> Merwin got 11. So it's weird because violinists can't actually can't count yeah. four, or speak so. either, yeah. evidently. <laughs> I'm going to just call for an audit on that because the math doesn't work, but I'll just say that it's all good. Work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, now that we've had our Valentine's Day quiz, which only took all of 20 minutes, but that was kind of fun. You, you really got to exhibit, you know, your, your genius. It was on full display there, Merwin. It so. wasn't on full display. It was on fire. <laughs> it was on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's great. Let's talk a little bit about, not, you know, to switch subjects completely, let's talk about this concert. You brought this up to me in an email, Merwin, and it, it is the uh, Toledo Symphony League Young Artists Competition winners. Um, now, Mickey, you have some information about this program that's happening? Absolutely. So uh, this will be on February 11th over at Trinity Episcopal downtown in Toledo on Adams Street. It's going to be family friendly. And we have a three o'clock start time for getting to tour the ensembles. Folks can see up close the string quartet, the woodwind quintet and the brass quintet. Um, and then afterwards, we'll all come together and get to celebrate. We have three phenomenal winners uh, for our young Young Artist Competition winners this year. And they are Mary Boris on saxophone, Miki Kawamura on piano, and Heyo Lee on violin. Uh, so interesting. When you say that people will be able to be up close, is, that, is it like t touching? Can we touch the instruments? You know, I don't think that there's a full instrument petting zoo at the beginning, but there will <laughs> be. Like, it's, it's in smaller rooms, and the whole fun of it is getting to explore the venue and the instruments at the same time so if you have never gotten to see a horn up close you can come and ask questions and learn about it while they play and really stop cool and, yeah it's gonna be a fun time yeah so is there a valentine's day component to this because it's happening on the sunday before valentine's day uh the 11th of february actually the saturday or the saturday mm -hmm. before yes. yeah it is the saturday yeah don't ask me to do math. That includes calendars, <laughs> right? So it's happening Saturday. But the Saturday before Valentine's Day. I mean, you know, you have any couples therapy or specials <laughs> going on for the con concert? Well, I think that the it's a great way to spend the afternoon if you're looking for something to do with your sweetheart. Um, yeah. It's going to be just a stunning full performance uh, with the symphony at Trinity in that space after the... Um, the first half with these ensembles, then everyone will come together and we'll get to highlight these artists while they're performing with the orchestra. Yeah. So, so. these were the winners of this competition. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell me a little bit about the, the competition? Sure. It actually happened um, in January. Uh, okay. So it's, it's kind of nice that the competition and this concert are more proximate than they usually are. Um, and it's it, we couldn't do it without the help of the Toledo Symphony League. They are mm -hmm. so supportive of young artists, not just through the this young artist competition, but also through so much work that they do with the Toledo Symphony Youth Orchestras. And they provide scholarship money for um, many students to be able to pursue their studies. And this, this particular competition gives people, it's just such a really amazing rush to yeah. perform with an orchestra behind you it's i, I I'm, I'm not a surfer but i imagine it feels it, it's a it's a good analogy <laughs> catching a wave yeah right? exactly there is this yeah. amazing feeling that you just can't replicate um and it's so we're really hoping to be able to deliver this really cool experience that can you know really change a life so you you talk like you've experienced this sort of thing in person and not just vicariously i mean did you ever win any 
competitions when you were a kid? You mean besides the, the trivia? On this <laughs> yes, yeah. besides winning the quiz <laughs> today. Uh, not at that young an age. I was fortunate enough to be able to win a concerto competition as an undergraduate, and uh -huh. that uh, so it was it was a really cool experience to be able to. Um, I was performing the first Shostakovich violin concerto with yeah. the McGill Symphony, and it was. I'll, I'll never forget it because it was the day after or two days after a huge ice storm paralyzed the city of Montreal, and. There's something very appropriate about performing Shostakovich in an ice storm-ridden <laughs> city with yeah. power poles split down the middle. And yeah, I think you're onto really something cool. there, definitely. Yes, weather control is something we're trying to do. <laughs> we're trying to get into with the Toledo Symphony to like really highlight the atmosphere of concerts. Just have a pop-up concert, you know, yeah. if it happens to rain. Hey, Shostakovich, right? <laughs> Jump out there and... String players are notorious for wanting to play outside in the rain. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, indeedy. Anyway, it's time for a special feature, and we talked about this briefly at the beginning of the program. This is a radio play like we did with uh, the Ibsen Grieg Peer Gint thing that we did a few weeks ago. And the way that it works is I've given everybody a script. We're going to record our lines and we're going to play it for you. It's sort of our Valentine's Day card to uh, all of our faithful listeners, or listener, as it were. See, I, I beat you to it, Zach. You know my lines. Yes, indeed. So this is a love story play. And the remarkable thing about this is that it was written by artificial intelligence. You know about this, right, yeah, Zach? Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, very interactive uh, piece of software. And you can ask it questions, and it, it does research and returns long-form prose it can do creative assignments like making it radio play I yeah guess. and we're about to find out so here is our valentine's day card to all of you on toledo symphony lab ladies and gentlemen welcome to our valentine's day special radio play Today we have a story for you featuring two of the most talented musicians in town. Get ready to fall in love with the sweet sounds of love. Good morning, my love. You look beautiful as always. Good morning, my dear. And may I say, you're looking quite dapper yourself. Thank you, my love. I have something special planned for you today. Really? What is it? I've written a poem just for you. I hope you like it. I'm sure I will, my love. I can't wait to hear it. And now a special commercial break, just in time for Valentine's Day. Ladies and gentlemen, are you tired of the same old boring Valentine's Day gifts? Look no further. Introducing the Levitron 9000. This revolutionary machine will help you express your love in new and exciting ways. Say goodbye to chocolates and flowers and hello to love poems printed right from the Lovetron 9000. Imagine the look on their face when they receive a love poem straight from your heart. And there you have it, folks. The Lovetron 9000 for the most unique and unforgettable Valentine's Day gift yet. Order now and make your loved one smile. And we're back. 
Let's continue with our special Valentine's Day radio play. Are you ready, my love? I'm ready, my dear. <coughs> Roses are red. Violets are blue. I love you more than tacos do. Oh, wow. That's so romantic. Where did you even find that one? Um, I may have used the Lovatron 9000. The Lovatron 9000? That's the worst poetry generator I've ever heard of. Hey, it was either this or nothing. And who are you writing this for, exactly? Well, uh, you see, it's actually for... Someone else. What? Someone else? I thought it was for me. It's for a friend. They always seem so down on Valentine's Day. I thought this would cheer them up a bit. Well, I guess I'll just have to find someone who appreciates me for who I am. You know what? I think I'll write my own love poem for someone else and see how you like it. Really? You're going to write a love poem? Yes, I am. And it's going to be better than this Lovatron 9000 nonsense. (laughs) Good luck with that. Roses are red. Violets are blue. And I'm writing a poem just for you. Roses are red, violets are blue. My love for you is like a cheese sandwich, so gooey and true. Roses are red, violets are blue. I've got a crush and it's all thanks to you. Roses are red and so is my face. Whenever I'm near you, I can't keep pace. Roses are red, bananas are yellow. (laughs) Stop, stop, stop. Stop. I think we may have created a monster. I guess we'll just have to write even better love poems to keep up. From now on, we write our own love poems. Aww, how sweet. Aww. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, people. <laughs> and so, as the Bard of Avon himself would say, all's well that ends well. Thank you for listening to our Valentine's Day special. Tune in next week for another exciting episode. And don't forget to fall in love with the Lovatron 9000, bringing happiness to you one heart at a time. The The end. And that is our radio play, our Valentine's Day offering to all of our listeners out there. I'm Brad Cresswell, and I want to thank everybody who uh, participated today. That is Zach Vasser, Merwin Sue, and Mickey M. Thanks, guys, and happy Valentine's Day to you. Happy Valentine's Day to you too, Brad. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. All right. (laughs) This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes as a podcast by going to our website at wgde.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. And don't forget to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
You can find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. This has been Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.